Yo, what is good? Go squad. We are back for another Tuesday with the Gym One Squad. I'm here with my brothers and my sister, Mariah. And hey, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. And we have a first timer with us, Javon. It's not Jet, but it's Turner. Javon, what's, what's the middle name? What's the middle name? Eugene. Is it? Yeah. So you are Jet. Yeah. Okay, so we've got wow. another Jet. I didn't know that. He's not the original Jet that you're used to, but he kind of looks like Jet, but he's not the Jet, but he is the Jet. Bro, so he is the Jet. So it's more confirming that I get confused because your initials are the same. You know how iPhone makes the initials? I'm literally bro. thinking I'm texting him, but I'm texting Jalen or vice versa. I'm like, change your middle name, bro. No, these guys actually But no, welcome, welcome to the pod. We're excited to have you on and just to see where we go with this conversation. But today we're going to be talking about something that you might have had questions about, uh, but it's modern day idols. What is this big thing in the word that is idolatry? And to lay a foundation to make it very simple, it's anything that successfully competes for your love and commitment to God. Mm -hmm. So in life, we can put things before God and sometimes we do it knowingly, sometimes we do it unknowingly. And it's an interesting thing to really talk about because like, man, like, did this become an idol in my life? Is this an idol in my life? And we don't really know until we actually stop, pause, and, and assess things. Mm -hmm. So to, to ask you guys that question, what are some things that you would consider to be modern-day idols, maybe from experience or even just from what you've observed by watching how people prioritize certain things? Rick's already got something. Yeah, I already have two off-rip. Um, one of the uh, <clears throat> more common things, I, I would say, uh, I was I idolized, like, being married. Like, mm. Being in marriage, being the husband, like I idolize that, yeah. you know, because in, you know, growing up like Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever, like that's like, man, you get married, you have, you're here on the totem pole. You're now qualified to be a pastor. You can lead a flock. You can start businesses like that. And it's cap, like, you know what I'm saying? Like by no means am I, uh, I, I was about to say I'm not a pastor, but I'm on paper, I'm not a pastor, and I'm not calling myself a pastor. I'm trying to be really careful about how I talk about myself because we was just talking about that. So I'm not saying I'm a pastor. I'm not saying I'm not a pastor. I'm just whatever God calls me to be in the moment. But um, idolizing like marriage, you know, yeah. I, I wanted to be there and provide. I wanted to have the the weight of the man so I could in tune, like I was going through identity crisis. So I thought that being married would help me fix my identity which is crazy to see yourself imperfect and going to a union trying to provide. Um, and the other thing I, uh, I idolized was the success story, not the success, but the success wow. story, right? Growing up, working jobs, like I got to a point where I finally recognized like my calling was more than a nine to five. I idolized having the nine to five and doing my entrepreneurial thing at the same time. Like, I idolize being, like, I rehearsed the story so many times. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, nine to five, I'm working, you know, then I come home and I'm working on my music, music and I'm like, that was, that was an idol to me because I wanted to present myself to the world a certain way. And I would try to perfect the way I presented or was perceived by the world. You know what I'm saying? So those two things. For you sure. almost felt like those things were serving you to make you a better person. You found more fulfillment in that yeah. than you did in really in God, ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting the things that we can become idols because we prioritize them over what's really important, what really matters. And uh, 
And it's easy. Like, I feel like there's probably a lot of people even listening who are like, marriage is the thing. Like, I need to do this. And it's consuming your life. If you're so consumed with wanting to be married and wanting that to be the thing, that might very well be an idol in your life. Maybe you set that as a standard that's that's actually something that's really become a distraction. Yeah, yeah. Idols are distractions because they can't really do anything for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like having the job can't really do anything for your inherent worth and value. Maybe externally, sure. Yeah. But for who you are, it can't really do anything for you. Yeah. What do y'all think? Do y'all have any like specific examples of things that maybe you've struggled with that, that took a place of, essentially took a place of God in your life? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I relate so much about relationships. Like I used to idolize, like straight up idolize my exes. Um, I had like no desire and I didn't know what I wanted to do for myself. And I would I would see that they're on like this path that looks like it's like they're going to be the ones succeeding. And so I'm like, oh, let me just pour into them and do whatever they're doing because they're already in momentum of purpose. Right. So I would just. I would just pay so much attention to them. And it's so crazy. As you were talking, it made me think about, I think what I was trying to fix was the fact that my parents got a divorce when I was really young. So me trying to make this perfect relationship where I saw, um, my dad was a pastor and he was, and at that time he was taught to like be the head of the church and my mom was taking care of us. And I saw that was the division. And so I thought if I, if I pour everything out into my partner, then this should work. Right. But I I realized soon when I started walking with God, like, that's not the way. And it's so crazy because one of my exes, his mom actually told me, she's like, you need to talk to God and find out what he wants you to do. And I was like, okay. And God started showing me like, no, you have purpose. Like, and and keep your eyes on me. And, you know, seek the kingdom and all things will be added unto you. And I can even, I can connect how I used to idolize my exes into my relationship today where I have to like, be like, hold on, right? You're doing a little much. Um, There'll be times where I feel a little bit off and I'm almost like, I know he's funny. I know he can make me laugh. So I'm like almost waiting for him to tell me a joke. And God's like, I need you over here. Like, Mm -hmm. I I need you to hear from me because you're putting, now you're putting your happiness in him. So I have to constantly remind myself like, okay, wait, am I trying to place my happiness and my vision on something else or am I placing it solely on God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that you came back to that place though to say, is my, my like what I'm focusing on solely on God? Because mm-hmm. uh, if he's not the number one priority, other things become the number one priority. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important even for us to note like why, why is important for God to be the number one priority? You know, if, if he's not, then in a way, we're, we're, we're saying by idolizing something or someone else that that can fulfill us and that that very thing is helping us know more. Like it's helping us, it's, we know more than God. Because essentially, if you're looking for something outside of God, it's like, well, I know more than him. Like, this is what's gonna actually fulfill me. This is what's actually gonna serve me. This, this is what's actually gonna make sense to me mm-hmm. um, over God being the one who knows all and has the things for our lives figured out. Yeah. Um, Michaela said it on a podcast and it is scriptural, but she said, God's a jealous God. Y'all remember that? We were like, oh, yeah. yeah, but, but like he's jealous, not in the sense that he's this pouty baby who's in the sky and is like, you need to serve me. It's he's jealous because he recognizes that when you're with him, that's where the fullness of life can be found. Mm-hmm. It can't be found in our spouses. It can't be found in our money. It can't be found in the dream that even the dream that we have can it. become mm-hmm. an idol. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say that too, for me, like, I think for a long time, I idolized my dream. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. My dream, emphasis on my dream. I idolized the dream that I had for my life for what I thought it was going to be. And because I held so tightly to that dream, I didn't have room and space to accept that maybe God's purpose and God's plan and God's will for my life was not necessarily what my dream was. Mm-hmm. And it caused me to really look at it like, where did all this come from? Are there some things in the dream that sure, maybe they did come from God? Absolutely. But if it's not surrender to God, it's my dream. It's mm-hmm. what I want. It's my perceived identity and my perceived reality of what should be right for my life. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I actually laid that down that I really started to find more fulfillment. Like lay it down for the sake of God and say, you know what? I need you to be the only one on the throne of my life. Mm-hmm. And from that place, that's where my real purpose was unlocked and my, my real identity was unlocked. And my real sense of like, this is what I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I idolized the dream, man. Like that's definitely one of the things for me that was idolized for a long time in my life. Mm-hmm. About y'all. Think of what I want to say. I have an example, but it's not like my, uh, like what I would have idolized. Can I go to something yeah. that's not personal? That's all good. So I think one that, we talk about a little bit, but that sometimes I feel like gets kind of disguised is like physical appearance. So, and just oh, yeah. to break down, like, you know, when people think of idolatry, they think about, you know, folks in the Bible that were worshiping like gold calves and stuff like that. Right. That is not what idolatry is, but it does have a lot to do with worship. Um, so like, if you think about when you worship God, you're opening yourself up, uh, you know, and it's a space for God to ultimately shape you and mold you. So whatever you worship, you allow access to change you. And so, you know, when we start thinking about like the beauty standard that's in today's society, and we start to come into agreement with an idea of like what we should look like. And then we allow that to start changing us. That's why everybody got a BBO. Everybody got, I don't know what I could say on here, stuff done. Everybody got lips because yeah. we've, we've, we've. And men using we've, steroids yeah, and doing different it, things. All and, of it. Yeah, but oh yeah. we've allowed this idea, you know, to, to have that much access to us. We've worshiped this, this, this standard so much so to the point where like, we don't think that what we look like is okay, is acceptable and we allow it to change us. So physical appearance, like that's, it's a level of worship when you start doing all these crazy things to try to match up or to try to be uh, uh, worthy of this, this standard. Mm. Yeah, That's really good though. Cause, cause why do we think that those things are going to fulfill us and add value to us? It's, it's, it's really a lie that we're sold. Yes. You know, it's kind of like the children of Israel, when they were making these, these golden calves, it was because the way that they wanted things, and this is what I would, you know, gather is the way that they wanted things to be. God wasn't doing it in the way that they wanted them. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to do it. They didn't have access to the level of relationship that maybe Moses had. Right. And because they didn't have that for themselves, they were trying to make it themselves so that they knew like, this is what we need. And you're doing it off your own wisdom. You're doing it off of what you think the collective group around you is saying is right. And maybe that's actually not right. Maybe it's not what the collective group around you is saying. Maybe it's actually not the loudest voice. Maybe it's, again, if we go back to the small, still voice, maybe it's the small, still voice. What, what is he actually saying to you? But if we're too distracted by all the loud voices, we're going to miss the small, still voice trying to give us the actual blueprint for what we need to do in our lives. I would say uh, it's one that's a, it's a common one, but it's one that we don't like to admit, and that's a phone. Ooh, oh, yeah. talk that, about it. That's the main thing. And when it comes to our phones, we'll tend to go to our phones f- to be fulfilled. We'll go to our phones to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. We'll go to our phones to laugh. We'll go to our phones for many things. And it's mainly social media. And it's something I had to realize for myself is, what was my screen time like on my phone? 
pull out your phone and check your screen time. Yeah. I'll tell you what your idol is. Right. Exactly. <laughs> mine used to be like six hours. And On Instagram? So, uh, I'd, TikTok? I have. I never had TikTok. I had Instagram, Snapchat, and then I had, uh, or I forget all the, all the things. But yeah, Instagram, Snapchat was like the main two things. And just like YouTube and all the other stuff. And so I just was like, I need to get this stuff off my phone. Because at the end of the day, it's taking up time in my life to be me, to figure out me. And I can't, I can't do anything if I'm sitting there looking at a screen. Mm -hmm. It would get in the middle of schoolwork. It would get in the middle of just mental health Mm -hmm. and get in the middle of everything. And when we wake up, what is the main thing that we're going to do first? First thing is grab that. You don't even know what you're grabbing your phone for. Yeah. We might be alone or in a situation with a lot of people around us. And then you might just go on your phone. You don't know what you're going on your phone for. And that becomes a thing where we will seek safety in a phone. Mm -hmm. And so it was a thing where I had to, uh, I deleted my social medias. I haven't been on them since. And because I was like, I can't not let this define me. Mm -hmm. Because then it even relates to like image because we see people on there. And then we say, okay, I need to be a certain way Mm -hmm. because I'm not enough if I don't look like that. Right. And so it becomes a thing that kind of directs our life. And then God doesn't really have room to tell us what he knows about us Mm -hmm. and to talk to us and have that time. And once it starts getting in the middle of the time we have with God, then we know. Or if we say, okay, my phone, it could be an idol, but it's probably not that. Or if we feel resistance to even the topic of our phone being an idol, then we know there's something there. There's something there. I think that's the qualifier though, is for us to really look at the things in our lives and say, is this becoming something I'm prioritizing over God, mm-hmm. over what really matters? Because if it is, there's a chance that it's become an idol because you've now prioritized that over your time with God, over whatever. And I'm not saying that like all day, every day, you need to be in your time with God. I'm saying that that should be your number one priority. The moment that something comes before that, when you're like, that can wait, I need to do this. That's the problem. Because it's not to say you need to sit with God all day, every day in your prayer closet and be locked in there. Because even God's like, no, dude, you got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Like you, you've got an assignment. You've got a purpose to fulfill. You've got a reason that when you got saved, I didn't just zap you up to heaven. I kept you here so you could do something and become something. And things will try to get in the way of that because we fall into the, the narrative that like, oh, I'm going to find fulfillment in social media. I'm going to find fulfillment in this. I'm going to find fulfillment in that. And the truth is you don't find fulfillment in anything other than in God and Mm -hmm. in unlocking what the Holy Spirit has to say about you. Mm -hmm. Um, Another, go ahead. Oh, I was. uh, That was our mouth that opened. Oh, really? (laughs) I thought you had some. You got some? I do have a little something. Um, I think a really good qualifier is if you're making excuses to do the thing, like to pay attention to the thing, like the idol, which is the phone, like, On Instagram, I'll be like, oh, I'm looking for ideas of what to create. No, God will give me the ideas of what to create. So that'll be my excuse sometimes. And I'm like, that don't make sense. For sure. I'm I'm trying to really. I'm sorry. I'm going to go go back because I I gave an example that wasn't personal because I was trying to think of what it is. One of the idols that I've struggled with is like the call. Because I think that, you know, sometimes we think that, you know, if, if what I'm doing is for God, then, you know, I can give my all to it. We're not supposed to give our all to the call. Yes, are we supposed to steward it well? Absolutely. But not to the point where you're missing God because you're so focused on whatever the the call is. Mm. So like for me, I know that music and I know, look, I've been talking about my music and stuff for a long time. It's not out with 
by the time this episode's out, this could be some. If not, it's going to be like a few it weeks around out. that. But it's happening. Yeah. But I've been working on it so much to the point that I'm like missing time with God because mm-hmm. I'm focused on what he's, you know, said to do. That's idolatry. Like you're, you're still, you're still looking, you're looking to something for what God should be giving you a sense of fulfillment because I'm doing what God said, mm-hmm. but you're not even talking to God. So how do you listen to him and then turn your ear away as soon as, you know, as soon as you found, like, it's almost like we use God to just like, let us know what to do. And then we run away from him. Wow. So I, I feel like Dang. be very, very careful when you start to idolize what you've called to versus the person that called you to it. Exactly. Or not person, mm-hmm. the being. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's the one. Even when you think about the concept of calling, calling came from someone that called. Mm-hmm. Like there was a caller. He, he called out to you and it's really an ignorant assumption that we can figure out our calling on our own accord when the one that called us is the one that knows the fullness of the calling. Mm. And it's easy because we're like, well, I'm doing these things for God. Like I'm doing these things for God. Like this is, this is what God has called me to do. So you prioritize that and almost put it in the place of like, well, I'm doing that. So that's me connecting with God. Yeah. Is it really? It's are you not. really connecting with God? Or are you, really are you connecting with your roles and responsibilities to the thing that he called you to? Mm. It's more like you made your roles and responsibilities your idol. That's you made that is. the thing uh, that was more important than God. Yeah. And, and it's really easy. I've done that. Like yeah. just hands in the air. It's been me. Same. I've yeah. done that. Like I've been in a place where I've considered my role and my responsibility as like, this is, this is my number one thing. And like, I don't really have time to sit with God the way I need to. But the biggest lie is, is that I don't have time to sit with God the way I need to. In order for me to actually do what I'm called to do, I need to sit with him. Like yeah. at the end of the day, this whole thing about idolatry, all it really is, is is it's a big distraction. It's us thinking that something can give us more than what God can give us. But in order for anything to actually really be impactful and to matter and to really like give us substance, it has to come from God. And you can't get that from just doing whatever. Like you have to get that from prioritizing him as number one. Because when he's number one, everything can flow from there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to your life. Sometimes the things you're idolizing are the things that if you would just focus on the kingdom and focus on God, he would add them to your life. But you're so focused on trying to get it, you're going to miss God. Yeah. And what happens if you get it? You know what I mean? Like, miss, maybe this is for y'all, but like, like what happens when you get the thing that you're chasing after? Does it, does it fulfill you? You know, does it give you, like, I, I could say, like, I, I had aspects of the dream. I had aspects of, like, even money, bro, like. I don't know, but but I, I want to know like how do you know when you're idolizing something versus like just something that's as a, as a high priority like because there's a difference between the two. What would you say that that is? I feel like a, I obsess about it. Like when I say perfectionist, like it, and it's so crazy because when I'm doing it by myself, I it's. <laughs> That's why I said when I'm doing it by myself, it's not that crazy. But when he sees how I'm doing it, he's like, whoa, like you have your your grip so tight on this thing. Like where how is God able to move in the midst of it if I'm here trying to control every single piece of it? Yeah. So yeah, go ahead and share your heart. That's good. Uh, <laughs> when you say share my heart about what I see? No, and what? and whatever you feel led to share. Oh. Thank you for sharing that, baby. That was, that's really I'm proud of you because you've you've made progress and you notice it where you didn't notice it at first and I feel like it's hard it's hard for me to to try to correct something that you don't don't know that is a problem for you 
you know, I can't say, hey, that's a problem if you don't believe that it's a problem, you know? So I appreciate you. How do we know if something is a high priority versus the, what was the other part? Yeah, whenever you've idolized something versus actually something that's of high priority. Like, well, how do you know the difference? Because some people are like, man, I like, I have to do this. Yeah. But also, how do you know that you're not making that thing an idol? To me, there's a clear uh, distinction between calling and priority for life um, because it serves two different things. It serves two different purposes. When it's a high priority, I feel it, it it serves a very small purpose. But when it's calling, it serves purposes for you and for other people around you. So it feeds into uh, relationships that you have built and you have garnered, right? That you have stewarded properly. It challenges the things that you don't want to do. So when it's calling, it's going to call to call you to, you always say it, it calls you to a deep space. Mm-hmm. Deep calls out to deep. But if it's calling you to a, a narrow, shallow space, that's how you, that's how I'm able to like differentiate the two, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one thing to to touch on that's, because I want to see where this takes us. I want to take us on a little bit of a journey here and see where our thoughts go. Uh, but if we think about modern day idols, things that that have become idols, uh, even one that was noted in the scripture that's very, very clear. Um, we'd have to look up exactly what scripture it is. Uh, if any of the Bible scholars in the chat know, just just drop that scripture just down below right here. But it's where God is speaking and it says that you can't serve two masters, both God and money. Mm-hmm. And I thought about, both God and money, why would he choose money? Well, why is why is it that money is comparable with God? And could it be that the reason money's comparable with God and the, he uses that as an example is because money can actually move things in the earth. Yeah. When you have money in the earth, you can actually move things. You can actually get things done. There's a sense of freedom that comes with it. There's a sense of, I can make this happen because I have the money to do so. And then you go into the scripture further and it talks about, it's very difficult for a wealthy person to enter into the kingdom. Why? Because it's easier to trust in your money than it is to trust in God. And this is not somebody, I'm not knocking having money because quite frankly, we're called to be prosperous. We're called to actually have wealth so that we can do and build things. However, when we prioritize it, that that might very well be why God used that as an example because it might be the one thing. Because if every other idol is dead, Every other thing, like if we, false religions, false gods, you know, crystals, all, all that kind of stuff. We talked about those as like idols, right? Thinking that, thinking that it can be, you're deifying something else that's actually not a deity. It's actually not God. Yeah. So when you deify something else, you make it to be powerful. Money in the earth, it can actually be powerful. It can actually move things. It can actually change things. So that's why it's a warning from God to say, don't, don't let that be the master you serve. Because even if it's helping you here, might not actually be able to help you beyond that. And it's easy to just fall into letting money be the, the God of your life because you trust it because um, it moves things in the earth. But when you trust God, it's different. Um, does that spark any thoughts for you? Like even in regards to like just things that we would perceive as idols, like kind of like think about what that might be. And, and even from your lens, like debunk it, like just talk about it. I would say with money, um, oftentimes money can be an identity thing as well. That if I do have a certain amount of money or if I make this much or do this much, then I am more or I am feeling better about myself if I have this. And it becomes a thing where 
I would want money or just people in general, we want money so we can feel a certain way or feel accomplished. And then that takes away our identity in God. And if I would feel better about myself or I feel confident about myself or I feel emboldened because of what I have in my bank account, then there's no depth to really who I am. I think that's why it is harder for a wealthy man to get in is because therefore their depth is not placed in God where he knows the fullness of us and he knows everything about us and how our potential is and how we are and who we are. And it's placed in what they have, but what we have is going to wither away. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, don't sell your treasures here on earth. Right. It mm -hmm. can be reached here, but treasures in heaven. And I think it's, it's a main thing of, it's an it's an identity issue. It can it can become an identity issue. The yeah. amount of money we have, and it becomes a desire mm -hmm. to where I want, even with a purpose. Will my purpose make money? Yeah. Well, what God has called me to, all right, God, that's dope. But will it make me money? Mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing we can even look at as Christians as well. Is is it enough for us to be with God, or is it enough for us to be with God and money? And that's why Jesus says you can't serve both. Yeah, because it splits it. Yeah. So I'd say yeah. That'd be the main thing. Mm -hmm. That's real. It's something that sparked and you kind of like connected a dot for me. You said money is an identity thing, you know? Yes, absolutely. For sure. I feel like it's an identity thing because people don't know what authority looks like. Right? Authority, like spiritual authority, like like with God, I feel like money creates a false authority. Right? I have money so I can buy and do and delegate and tell whoever, whatever, whenever, right? But when you have God-given authority, which is delegated authority, right, you have the power to then take the thing that people worship and put it in the right area. Because money is nothing but a resource, right? When you say we're supposed to be rich and prosperous, like, yeah, like, not with just money, <laughs> you know? Exactly. We're supposed to be... I'm rich because I'm sitting beside all of these people. That's a resource. Like they're each of their their spirits, each of their uh, personalities is rich, is full, and it adds to me. And I'm rich because of that, right? Money is also something that could be a form of richness, right? But I'm rich because I have my right mind. I'm rich because I have food to eat, right? I have money to buy food, but money, it's so crazy. When I was in a space where I was really low and I didn't have a lot of income, resource still came to me. Yeah. I didn't have money, but food was provided for me. So that's that's the thing that I'm trying to get across. Like walk in true authority, which is submission to God. And he gives you delegated authority, right? You also have to submit to people that are placed over you. That's also submitting to authority that's God led. And let's just, just let's say that. I'm going to say this now. Police, not all police are bad. Not all governments are bad. Not all people that are in universities are bad, right? All people that are placed in authority are God-placed authority. But it's the people and the spirits behind the people that make the authority bad, right? Mm -hmm. So don't think that everywhere you go, you can't submit to somebody that's your principal, your boss, uh, your, your driver, I guess, right? You got to be able to submit to authority because that's what God wants us to do. You move with, with the Holy Spirit when you submit to authority. So money creates a false sense of authority, but walking in the true authority of God gives you access to real power. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Is there anything else like closing thoughts that you guys would have in regards to things that are idols or, or that ties into idolatry? Like in this modern day, in this context, I feel like there's so much more. Um, but, but yeah, anything that you think is noteworthy? I think if you are questioning if you're idolizing something, the best thing you can do is surrender it. Like the relationships I was in, left them at the altar. Got clear answers every time. This is not it. If it's money and you're feeling like there's a lack of peace, surrender it. Because like he was saying, money is just a resource, you know? And if God needs you to have something, oh, he'll get it to you. Right. He will get it to you. So surrender. Excellent. That was mine. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. There's Lord alignment. I agree. Yeah. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, nothing that you try, nothing that you seek that you feel like is going to fill the void will fill the void other than him. Mm-hmm. And it's a cliche thing that we say is like, oh, it's just Jesus. Well, it, it, it is. Because try everything else. Watch what happens. There's, there's billionaires that, unfortunately, they commit suicide. Mm. How could somebody with what we perceive as everything decide to take their life? Yeah. Because everything, according to the world standard, according to the things that we are covetous about, that we're greedy for, can't actually do anything for us. And when we put things in front of God, that's when it becomes an idol. And the best way to really do it is, like you said, to surrender it and to say, God, I want you to be in the right place in my life because everything that you need is found in him and he will give you everything for each and every single day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and pray that prayer, pray the Lord's prayer, but make it your own. Mm-hmm. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That includes in my life. Yeah. Give me this day my daily bread. Lead me not, in, well, actually, what does it say next? Forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who sinned against me. Lead me not into temptation and deliver me from the evil one. Take that prayer and make it your own prayer. Because even in just saying that, it was Jesus giving us a template. He gave us something so that we could pray. Because when you pray that and you really mean it and you understand what's actually being said there, it's really hard to have anything else be in front of God. Yeah. Like that's how we can lay down idols, whatever they may be, whether it's beauty standards, money, trophies, whether it's accomplishments from the dreams that we have, mm-hmm. the Grammy, the Tony, the whatever, the statues, like we could, we could have went in so many different directions, but whatever comes before God, mm-hmm. decide to lay it down because he will give you everything you actually need. Uh, bro, can I do something real quick? Yeah. I feel like we're talking about surrendering your idols and uh, just surrendering period, but I don't think we're giving them the CTA, you know, Let's like a call it. to action. Um, I feel like they need to know about like what what one would is surrender, right? The greatest sacrifice and surrender is when Jesus was surrendered by God to come die for us, for our sins. So right now I just want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to know that he loves you that much that Jesus himself surrendered his life so that we may live. He said that he may die so we may live. And when he said his last breath, he said, God, let it be your will. He wants it to be his will, whatever we do. It was his will to be persecuted so we may be whole. So when you surrender these idols, when you put down the money, when you put down the self-image, when you put down anything that may be trying to make you feel more than or less than yourself, know that Jesus sacrificed himself for you. Yeah, he's enough. He's enough. Knowing what he did, knowing who he was, when he lived, and while he's yet still living, mm-hmm. he's enough. Thank you for saying that. 
Mm-hmm. And I pray that you take that and you say, man, like, he, he's enough. He's enough for me because he is. But thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Gen 1 Podcast. And as another reminder, July 28th, for those who are local to LA, we will be here at 1 for the go night, the first go night, which is, can we just say the title? Can we, can we tell, y'all want to tell them? It's up to you. Hey, we're going to talk about running our race. Amen. It's time that each of us know we got a race to run and we're not competing against anybody but ourselves. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about it. July 28th in LA at one. Details are coming. You'll probably see it on the screen right now. We love you. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace, y'all.